Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Swing and a high fly ball into right, curving foul into the corner. That ball may go. It's up against the wall, and now there's Coleman streaking for second, going for third. They're bringing him home. The throw home, and he is safe. And inside the park, home run. His first home run in the big league. And Micah had a clock on him, and he cruised home, standing up. 14 and a half seconds. Yeah, he wasn't running right off the bat either, Jack. I think that he can get around there. Now they're calling for him to come out and take a bow, and he does. Coffee sack. Tell you, he's turned it on here in St. Louis, hasn't he, Jack? He can get around there better than that. He wasn't oh, yeah. running. He yeah. wasn't running at the start, and he wasn't running at the finish. <laughs> there isn't a fan base that ever had it better than the Cardinals in the 80s with Jack Buck and Mike Shannon on the mic. And... Later on, Joe Buck had the opportunity to work with Mike, and, and Joe literally knew Mike Shannon for his entire life, has known Mike, and Mike obviously passed away yesterday at the age of 83. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line now, where Joseph Buck is standing by. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well. That uh, that call brought a smile to my face. I, I'm glad my dad said that uh, he had a clock on Vince Coleman because I was like, from the moment it sounded like the ball hit the bat to the moment. It sounded like Vince crossed the plate. Seemed like it was about four seconds. <laughs> it really did. And with, with Joe, with that team and you and I were around that team and uh, with Whitey and, and y- your dad and Mike were so tight with Whitey and the way they played, that was just such a fun atmosphere to be around. Wasn't it? It was. And, and I was, uh, you know, I was watching TV last night, and Martin had uh, a little interview with Whitey, and it was just a unique time because I was just thinking how close the broadcasters were with the manager and the coaching staff. Because I mean, my dad and Mike played cards with Whitey, played golf with Whitey, uh, they played pinochle. I don't know how many people played pinochle <laughs> at one time, uh, but Whitey was a genius at all that stuff. And they were just the best of friends. So they had direct access into everything that was going on with that team. And it, it was. It was a special team, a special time during that run through the 80s. And uh, that's really when I fell in love with baseball. I was around in the 70s, but I was, you know, going all over Bush Stadium and playing in the back of the booth and raising trouble with Danny Shannon, Mike's son. And uh, and by the when the '80s showed up and Whitey and all that stuff, they had my full attention. So I think that's the team and that that's the group that made me really fall in love with the game of baseball. And Joe, I said this off the bat: you literally don't remember life without Mike Shannon as a part of it, do you? No, because I, you know I was born in 1969, and you know I don't remember the first three years of my life. I don't remember a lot of years <laughs> of my life, but I, I don't definitely don't remember the first three years of my life. We lived downtown at the mansion house, and uh, then we sure we had I think just moved out into the county, and that's when Mike would have been coming over uh, to our house to I guess go through like broadcast 101 with my dad. In 1972, so I was three, and uh, yeah, I, I, I considered Mike 
almost like a second dad. And I think Danny and Tim uh, Shannon considered my dad like their second dad. I mean, we all grew up together. And uh, for me to, to get a chance to have this master's class every day of my life is along with the nepotism and Nepo baby and all that other stuff. I was around, you know, two of the greatest minds that broadcast baseball into a microphone every day of my childhood. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but eventually some of that stuff sank in. And, and I, I, yeah, I'm so indebted to Mike because if you think about it, as I said, I grew up with Danny, his son, and we were we were doing our thing in the back of the booth. And, and I started with the Cardinals at 21. And had Mike not been into that and been like, I'm not working with Jack's kid or whatever, I, I would have never – gotten up off the ground and it was that was the opposite of that he like took me under his wing we had a blast on the road he taught me what being a a professional broadcaster was like and traveling around with a team even more than my dad did so uh, I I'm I'm just I'm I'm so indebted to that man for so many things and, and that's right at the top of the list Joe, you knew Mike for such a long time. I, I learned that he was a standout football player at Mizzou. Did he ever give you any stories about his football career? And, and there was talks that maybe he could have been a Heisman Trophy winner if he'd have stuck with it. Yeah, I, I always heard that stuff from others. You mm-hmm. know, I, I heard that stuff from, like, Bob Bragg would say that to me. Or, you know, somebody would come along and talk about how great Mike was in high school. But Mike was not that guy. He was not the guy – at least around me, that would say, you know, you don't know how great I was as an athlete or as a football player, but I know it's legit, and I know that uh, that people really believed that he was as good at football as he was in baseball, uh, which is and basketball too. I mean, he just he just was that kind of guy that was good at everything. And you know, I've said this before, but when you go to the Post Dispatch article today. Uh, that Hummel wrote about Mike, you know, attached in there are the Shannonisms, which, <laughs> you know, they're funny. They're, and believe I was sitting there for, for at least 70% of those. And, and they some of them took my breath away at the time, but don't make the mistake of thinking that he wasn't smart. He was the opposite of that. He, he was very, very wise and very keen on, you know, seeing the game and feeling the game and understanding what it was about and who was successful and why and who wasn't and why and, you know, just was so common sense smart. that I would say one of the most intelligent people I've been around is Mike Shannon. And, and you know, you don't get that sense if you read kind of these crazy quotes. And, and to put one other thing to bed, the man was never drunk on the air. That was always, always oh, just lined up Bud Light because he was doing Bud Light drop-ins and Budweiser drop-ins and Jack, I'm going to open up an ice-cold frosty one. I lived in that booth. I grew up in that booth. I never saw him take one sip of one beer in the broadcast booth. That was just Mike. That was, Those crazy things that he said just came out of his mind because he thought differently. So he was not drinking while broadcasting the game. That I promise you. Well, Joe, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, he was a fan of the game. And that's what made it fun because it's a lot of the things that you would say at home. But the way that he presented things was just so memorable. We were playing some of his calls earlier. I know it might be tough to just pick out one or maybe even two. But is there just a favorite call of yours that you will just never forget about Mike? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to put my finger on, on any. I, I think that the ability, I just loved it. I was sitting there with the Tatis night when he hit two grand slams in the same inning off the same pitcher, uh, which is just ridiculous to even think about. <laughs> just when he would go, swing and a home run into lefty. You know, it's like there was no, it was not at the track, at the wall. It might be, it could be, it was just, Swing and a home run into left field. I mean, he just knew off the bat that the ball was gone. So he he never lost his eyes that way. He always knew when a ball was centered and squared up that 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 thing was not coming back. Uh, so those are the ones that kind of I, I just those are the thrilling calls and yeah, kind of that folksy way that he that he would do the game is exactly you're right. It, it's like people would talk about it in a bar it wasn't polished but that's what made him great so i i you know there there will never be another mike shannon i I talked to tim his son danny last night and i was like he got to heaven and god was like man i created this guy (laughs) he just is such a unique dude that i i just can't even go the stories are endless of the things that he did on the road uh and and he just Man, I, he didn't sleep. That's why they called him the Moon Man. And Joe, you saw it. I saw it. If you're ever, ever on the road with the traveling party with the ball club, if you were sitting in a breakfast restaurant at six in the morning, inevitably you'd see Mike show up, come into the hotel, and if you were there a half hour later, he'd be walking out with his golf clubs. He literally, because he had nephritis, he almost died in 1970, and he always said, "Big boy, I'll sleep when I die." And he yeah. would get a half hour of sleep, and he had that in, in, incredible physical ability, and he was actually tested by doctors. He didn't have to sleep. And he could just go, 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 and you lived that. I li- I saw it. I mean, he didn't. He did not sleep, and he was up at the crack of dawn, and he was going again. And he would get up. We would land in Houston at three in the morning from Pittsburgh, and he'd be in the lobby at six a.m. to go fishing, and then we'd do the game that night. And so, you know, some of those crazy things he said, I think, came at the end of those long runs, <laughs> at the end of those long road trips. Because he just wasn't sleeping, but he, I mean, he, nobody could power nap like Mike Shannon. He would, he was like C-3PO. You, you would, he would sit down on the team bus in the front right seat and, you know, just like, and he was gone and dead asleep. And we would get to the ballpark and somebody would flip the switch and there he came and then off into the ballpark he went. He was going a hundred miles an hour when he woke up, he, I've never seen anybody with the ability to nap like Mike Shannon. And it's because he, his body would have shut down if he didn't nap uh, on the on the bus. Hey, Joe, when you were broadcasting with Mike, and you mentioned the Shannonisms, are, is there a conversation with him that stands out in your memory that while well, you were on the air? Because sometimes he would go off the rails a little bit, kind of like any any show or any broadcast. Do you remember any examples of that with you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, I mean, the craziest one he said, and I said this at, at a banquet that they were honoring him uh, years ago. He, I, I, we were in Houston one night, and the Cardinals were down by two or three, and Thomas Howard was at first base, and he's leading off first. We're in the ninth inning, and somebody's holding, whoever was playing first, Berkman or somebody for the Astros, is holding against Thomas Howard, and he goes, I don't know why they're holding against Tom. And I'm doing the play-by-play. And he goes, I don't know why they're holding against Thomas Howard over at first base. I'm like, you know, and here's the 1-0 pitch outside, ball two. You know, Joe, he hasn't stolen a base since 
And then there was like a pause, and he's trying to come up with something. He's like, you know, Joe, he has. I'm like, here's the next pitch in for strike two and one. Joe, he hasn't stolen a base since the Jupiter invasion. <laughs> oh, man. And, I, I, and then I was like, I'm thinking, what in the hell is he talking about? And then he would go, yeah, right? Am I right? You know, he, and I'm like, yeah, Mike, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that who can forget the Jupiter invasion? But that's just what it's like to him. I mean, those Shannonisms are all dead on. And if you said half of them now, you'd get fired. But I, it just made it, it made it like a, it was, it was a high wire act every night we went on the air and it was just no, no night was the same as the one before. I, he just, he made it so fun. I mean, just so fun. Yeah, and it's, uh, as we part here, Joe, this is a life definitely to be celebrated. This is a guy that we easily could have lost in 1970, and he was so much fun, and he lived to 83. Nobody got more out of life. Totally, if there is a life to be celebrated on death, Mike Shannon's is the one. No doubt. I mean, he didn't, he didn't you know, we joke about him not sleeping, but I think that was legit in his mind that, I'm just living on borrowed time and borrowed. I mean, nobody lived on more borrowed time than him because he didn't, he just wasn't ever inside. He wanted to be out doing stuff. So, you know, the the funniest thing, I know we got to go, but, you know, toward, toward later in his career. And these kids were like 13, 12, 10 years old. By the end of the road trip, these kids were so wiped out just because they did, they never eat and they never slept. And he's like, drink another water, kids. We're going out. We're going. We're going to fishing in the morning. The kids like, oh my god, get me home. So I mean, he just wore out, and I, he left a lot of people in his wake in the best possible way. Joseph, always great to hear your voice. Always good to communicate with you. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, we will definitely talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. See ya. See you, brother. That is Joe Buck with us on 101 ESPN.